Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Thank you for joining me. This is another wonderful episode of Spiritual Life Management Podcast, and I am really excited about our guest today, Carrie Tushaw, founder, owner, and director of Hypno Babies. We will be discussing how to prepare your mind, body, and baby for a better and joyful birthing experience. Carrie is a nationally renowned speaker and writer on a wide range of women's pregnancy and childbirth concerns. She has been a childbirth educator since 1989, a doula, a hypnotherapist, and she has developed many educational programs for birthing mothers, medical and childbirth professionals, and hypnotherapists. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you very much for having me on. I always love to talk about anything that's going to help people have a better pregnancy, birth, and uh, postpartum new baby experience. Yes. And I, like I said, I'm so excited to have you on the show today because anybody that is pregnant, thinking about pregnancy, childbirth, this is an episode I think they're really going to want to tune into because frankly... I know I did not know or have never heard of hypno babies. So I am really excited to dive into this. I've learned so much already and just researching having you on the show. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with birthing and share a little bit maybe about your own experience and what brought you to hypno babies? Absolutely. Uh, The first thing that happened was that I was freshly married and one of my friends had a baby and she had it naturally with the Bradley method. Mm -hmm. I did not know that people even did that. I thought everybody just went in and had an epidural. And so she was telling me that, yes, it hurt terribly but that she was able to do it naturally, no drugs, no epidural, no medication of any kind. So that fascinated me and I began doing some research and I actually applied to the Bradley method to become an instructor because I was just bit by the birth bug (laughs) and um, I wanted to teach it. I wanted to be a part of it and they accepted me. And I became an instructor. I was not even a mother, and that's usually a prerequisite, but I was very, very excited. So I started teaching, and I also became a doula. A doula is a labor assistant, so I was going to my Bradley students' births, and many of them were having natural births, but it was, you know, seriously uncomfortable all the way to seriously painful for yes, them. Yes. And I just thought, well, they can handle it. You know, I'll be able to handle it when I get pregnant. And then I got pregnant and I was so excited and I went into labor and thought I knew everything there was to know about giving birth. Right. And it was basically a horror show. Oh. It was uh, so painful. I could hardly believe it. She was posterior, which means her, she was turned around and her little head was pressing on all the nerves in my spine all the way down and out. And uh, I was just inconsolable because I didn't have, I didn't have any tools other than to just try and relax through this pain that I felt was excruciating. Right. So after, after about 26 hours of that, I, at a birth center, I was 
wheelchaired over across the street to a hospital where I was never so happy in the world to see anyone as I was that anesthesiologist <laughs> who was coming at me with a giant needle to put in my back and give me an epidural. Yeah, I was also distraught because my natural birth was gone, but I had tried everything to have one and uh, I couldn't stand it anymore. So anyway, I got the epidural and I also got a beautiful baby girl. Um, seven hours later, they had to push and pull her out of me because I could not push. And the birth was joyful in that I was finally a mother, but I had PTSD after that, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. as a lot of people do. Actually, birth trauma is a real thing. And I relived her birth and the pain and fear all of that for months and months and months. Then I got depressed. And anyway, the point is I got some help, which is good. I finally, finally got some help. And um, four years almost to the day of giving birth to my daughter, I gave birth to my son. I gave birth to him in a hospital, a, excuse me, in a birth center, freestanding birth center. And instead of it being a total of 36 hours of labor, it was seven total. Now, it was just as painful. And I was screaming my head off just as much as I was in the first birthing before I got an epidural. However, it was much shorter. But this is how hypnobabies actually came to be. I was having a particularly gnarly contraction. He was also posterior, so my back was killing me. My husband was pressing on my back during the contraction. My sister was there holding my hands as I squeezed the heck out of them. And I was screaming. And when I was finished with the contraction, I looked up into her tear stained face and she said, it should never have to be this hard. And a light bulb went on over my head. And I said to myself, that is correct. It should never have to be like this. No one should have to suffer like this. Now I know that, and I knew then that not everybody suffers like that if they just want natural childbirth. A lot of people don't have a posterior baby. A lot of people don't have any complications or they don't consider the pain of birth suffering. In my case, it was. And I vowed in those moments to, you know, find something or create something that was going to make all the difference in the world to people who wanted a natural birth. And so after his birth, I went looking for something and I saw a TV show about hypnosis for childbirth. So then I started researching that and I found a regular hypnobirthing program and I was so excited. I was like, this is it. This has got to be the thing. And I went and became a practitioner and started teaching that method and going to those births as a doula. And they were no different than my Bradley births had been. These people Mm. were still in a lot of pain and a lot of them were traumatized afterwards or so tired they couldn't push their babies out or hold their babies after their babies were born. And so it wasn't what I was looking for. Right. I started training in hypnosis because I was looking for the kind of hypnosis I had seen on that TV show and found that there was something called hypnoanesthesia. And this is what people use when they have maybe, uh, not maybe, but definitely have allergies to medical anesthetics. 
but they have to have that surgery anyway, whether it's medical surgery or dental surgery. And uh, so they work with a hypnotherapist ahead of time. And that is a very deep state of hypnosis that they get into. And then they use post-hypnotic suggestions during the surgery to eliminate any discomfort with the surgeon's knife and whatever else comes with the surgery and post-surgery. Wow. So... I took courses in that, and then I found uh, Gerald Kine's Painless Childbirth Program, which was created by a master hypnotherapist, um, Gerald Kine, who's no longer with us. But at the time, I took that, and it filled in all the blanks. It was because he sat down with a lot of pregnant women and asked them what they would like. If they could have the things that they wanted for a natural birthing, what would it be? And they told him, and he put that into the program of hypnosis for childbirth. And it was supposed to be used one-on-one in an office with a hypnotherapist and a mother to prepare her for her birthing with about six sessions. And I asked him after taking the course, could I put it into a childbirth education program? Because I realized that a lot more had to go into it than just the birth hypnosis. Right. That was because with my regular hypnobirthing students, they would come to my class and learn birth hypnosis, but then they'd go and take another kind of childbirth class. And although there's nothing wrong with those other childbirth classes to get childbirth education, it doesn't work with hypnobirthing. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you're learning that in a lot of these classes you're learning, and I taught it, so I know that pain is inevitable and either you just have to bear up and relax through it or try or get, you know, get drugs, one or the other. And so I didn't want my students to get their birth hypnosis with me and go someplace else for their childbirth education. So I asked him if I could put these techniques into a childbirth program, and he said, yes, and I can't wait to see what you create. And that was 21 years ago, and the rest is history. Oh, my goodness. So I actually had my first birth in 1992, and I used the Bradley method. And I can tell you that while I had no complications per se, it was very painful. (laughs) And I thought, I'm never doing this again, and I don't know how women get through this. And finally, about five years later, I decided child number two, natural as well. But um, boy, I wish I would have known about hypnobabies. I'll tell you, I just want to get into this a little bit deeper because I'm sure a lot of the listeners are like, what, what is hypnobabies? Like, what does that mean? Are we hypnotizing the baby, the mother? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that hypnosis is, you know, the person on stage that's quacking like a duck or something. So can you get into that a little bit deeper and explain exactly what hypnosis really is and what it isn't? Absolutely. Yes, people do think that hypnosis is like what they see in the stage shows where people are, you know, up there and they basically want to play along and act like Elvis. And it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I have friends who are stage hypnotherapists or hypnotists, and it is a lot of fun. Um, However, therapeutic hypnosis is completely different. Now, the first thing that everybody needs to know is that we are in states of hypnosis all the time many times a day, and we don't even realize it, but we are. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you are reading, whether it's reading a book, reading a screen, your phone, your tablet, the um, 
laptop, whatever it is, you're in a state of hypnosis after a few minutes because your eyes are going back and forth and it's very rhythmic and you get into a state of hypnosis. So what is a state of hypnosis? It's just focused concentration. Now, these are light states of hypnosis that we get into when we're reading, when we're watching a screen, when we're waking up and going to sleep and when we're driving. If anybody out there has ever had the experience, and most people have, of driving along and you're focused in your mind, you're concentrating on something very intently, whether it's what's going to happen when you get there or a problem you have or something like that. And then five minutes later, you stop and go, oh my gosh, what happened to the last five minutes? Right. (laughs) I don't even remember what just happened to me. And you were in a state of hypnosis. So these states of hypnosis are lighter states of hypnosis. What we need when we're doing therapeutic hypnosis uh, for anything, whether it's stopping smoking, weight loss, um, you know, any kind of hypnosis, phobias. And of course, uh, in hypnobabies is a deeper state of hypnosis. So you need someone to guide you into that. And basically that consists of a few things. So it can be done uh, one-on-one in person with a hypnotherapist, or it can be done by audio tracks that you listen to yourself. And the first thing that happens is that you have to get into a very relaxed position. So eyes closed and let your body be fully supported so that you can relax your body and then your mind will relax. And how we relax the mind is by doing things that are called inductions and deepeners. And these are things that allow you to count backwards or uh, imagine going down a flight of stairs and each step takes you deeper. There's many different ways of doing that sort of thing in hypnosis. And it allows your conscious mind to step aside and your subconscious mind to come to the forefront. The subconscious mind is very literal. It's like a five-year-old child and you tell them something and they go, oh, really? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So we want the conscious mind to step aside. And in hypnosis, it has stepped aside. And then the subconscious mind comes to the forefront. And if it is the correct way to do hypnosis, in other words, if the suggestions are hypnotic suggestions, which are messages or directives, are correctly formed and you are in a state where you can accept them. So people who reject hypnosis, for instance, will find that they have difficulty either entering hypnosis or accepting the suggestions. But if you are open to it, then your subconscious mind is like the five-year-old child and it does say, oh, that, okay, then let's replace those old tapes or videotapes or recordings or whatever we had before in our vault of subconsciousness with this new message. And that new message needs to just keep coming daily. So the subconscious mind will fall back into its old patterns and its old belief systems if we do not keep the messages coming over and over again. In most cases, if you're trying to lose weight or stop smoking or eliminate a phobia, you would listen to one track a day. Um, In hypnobabies, we have several ways of doing this. 
where we have one main hypnosis track that you listen to, and then the next week you move on to another main hypnosis track, which adds on the last one and so forth. We also have affirmations in hypnobabies because these are things that you can listen to anytime, not in a relaxed state, but when you're driving, when you're playing with your children, when you're cooking dinner and they're just one liners, <laughs> uh, messages that um, help you to believe from the outside in what you are hearing from the inside out. So for instance, pregnant people are basically bombarded <laughs> with a lot of negative messages about pregnancy, childbirth, what it's like to have a new baby, things like that. Mm -hmm. So the messages that are in the hypnosis recordings are counteracting all of that from a, a subconscious level. But on the outside, we want you to stay in a positive frame of mind and learn new messages from the outside in. So that's where these affirmations come in. And they start off with, you know, I love my pregnant body. I'm doing the best I can to nourish my baby. I'm looking forward to my birthing and that sort of thing. They move into specifics about the birthing itself and how well it's going to go and how well the hypnosis is going to work. And when you hear these over and over and over again every day from the outside in and you have the subconscious retraining from the inside out, it's the whole package. It helps you to help yourself. So right. uh, that's what hypnosis is. That's basically how it's used in therapeutic hypnosis. Ah, that's a great explanation. So thank you for clarifying that. I have so many questions for you. First of all, can you explain the benefits of natural hypnobabies, childbirths versus maybe the regular, whatever the regular is, whether it's a natural childbirth um, that is not hypnobabies or even a medicated? So what, what are the benefits? Yeah, sure. Um, more and more people are choosing natural childbirth or we shouldn't say natural childbirth because all births are natural. They that all is true. involve bodies. Right, <laughs> and yes. that's a natural process. So however the baby gets out, and I got to tell you, after having that epidural myself, I have a very healthy respect for people <laughs> who choose that way um, because that is what I needed at the time. So I and everyone at HypnoBabies accepts and respects and honors whatever choices that people make out there for their own birthing. But as far as unmedicated childbirth techniques, for instance, um, people find that they're not as invasive. There are not drug effects in the mother. There are no side effects for the baby. And that is something that they want. And I think that if you're going to choose a medicated birth, that you really need to look into all of that because there's quite a lot to know about mm -hmm. the effects on the mother and the baby during childbirth and afterwards. I myself, and I'm just throwing this out there as an example of why we should all research these things. I had pain up and down my spine and into my neck and jaw for three years from the epidural site. And so uh, people need to know that these things are not without side effects. Right. Um, you know, the babies also are affected and the birthing. So for instance, the blood pressure can plummet if you have an epidural. Um, sometimes when they give people narcotics, for instance, uh, like Demerol type of narcotics, the, the birthing can slow down. That could happen with an epidural as well. And then they need to give you Pitocin to augment or speed up your 
your contractions. So there's, it's kind of, it can be a domino effect and people just need to look into that. Um, you know, there's also no loss of sensation or alertness. So for instance, with narcotics, you can get pretty loopy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with, with unmedicated birth, you don't have the sensation of losing that alertness or the way that you are connected to your body and your baby during birthing. Um, the loss of sensation with epidurals can be pretty freaky to some people because originally they wanted to move around more freely and find positions to help them stay more comfortable. And now they can't really move. So um, they're not able to participate in the birthing process as well. I know with myself, I could not push with an epidural. So my baby had to be, there was a nurse from H-E double hockey sticks who jumped on my abdomen and pushed while the doctor pulled the baby out with forceps. So it, you know, you, you just have to know that there's things that could happen. So anyone who's going to choose an unmedicated birth is doing that more for, well, definitely not for accolades because there are people out there who say, well, you're not going to get a medal. It's a personal decision. Yes. It's something that you want for the safety and health of yourself and your baby or your own personal experience. Um, There are many reasons in the same vein. Uh, We have to honor those reasons of having an unmedicated birth the same way that we have to honor people who choose a medicated birth. I'm all for that. Right. And with hypnobabies, can you have the birthing experience in a regular hospital or does it need to be at home or in in a birthing center, I guess you would call it? Well, it's interesting to note that 95% of our hypnobaby students um, give birth in the hospital. Okay. And so we do teach them quite a lot about how to make their own choices because in hospital births, a lot of times, certainly not all, births are just managed. So when people come in, they're, you know, they assume everyone's going to get an IV, everyone's going to get an epidural, everyone's going to get Pitocin. Right. And that sort of thing. We do teach people you know, how to learn the benefits, the risks, and the alternatives to common procedures, which, you know, they might be presented to them as policies, but they're still just procedures that all people can choose or not choose. So we, we teach them the, like I said, the risks, the benefits, and the alternatives of all of these things so that they can have a smoother hospital birthing And then there is a small percentage of our students who do opt for a freestanding birthing center. Okay. And also, uh, or a home birth. We respect the heck out of our hospital birthing moms because they, you know, have a little bit more to contend with. Right. They have to, you know, we teach them that, for instance, their labor and delivery nurse, you know, they need to consider her their new best friend (laughs) because she is in between what they need what the obstetrician needs and what the hospital uh, procedures are. She's kind of in the middle of that triangle and she has to try and make everybody happy. So to be very respectful to them and try to work with them and, but at the same time, you know, make it clear that they have made certain choices. They will be flexible if anything comes up, but in the event of a perfectly normal birthing, they're, birth plan, you know, should be respected. Right, right. Thank you for clarifying that. 
Now, earlier you talked about your tracks and that they practice the tracks and so on and so forth. I'd like to get into that a little bit and talk a little bit more about how the mother-to-be and the partner are prepared for childbirth. Sure. We have two ways of doing hypnobabies just to start. One is to take a hypnobabies class in person. When I say in person, at this moment in history, they are all of our certified instructors um, in the U.S. and Canada are teaching remotely. Okay. So if you have a hypnobabies instructor in your area, you sign up for their class and then you are taught over Zoom or whatever platform they choose. Okay. And so that would be a six-week class and uh, each one is three hours. And so during the class, you are taught childbirth education, the importance of hypnosis, um, so many things, nutrition, exercise, staying healthy and low risk, stages of birthing and postpartum care and everything. There's a hypnobaby's birthing rehearsal that you participate in. And in, in every class, there is a uh, script, a hypnosis script. So everybody participates in that. And right now, everyone's doing that in the comfort of their own home, mm-hmm. um, just relaxing when it comes time to for script time. And so there's a lot of information in between classes. You go home and you there is a little bit of reading to do. And the birth partners and the uh, pregnant person work together as well. Every other day, the birth partner reads the pregnant person a hypnosis script, which corresponds with one that they learned in class that week. And then every other day, the pregnant person by themselves listens to one special track called Deepening Your Hypnosis. And it's kind of the cornerstone of hypnobabies. So they're getting hypnosis every single day in a very deep state. The reason why the birth partners are reading a script is so that the birthing person will be able to benefit by hearing their voice and even their touch with some of the cues in the scripts during their birthing. And it will help them relax even more. They'll be very familiar with it. So they get to work together on these things. Now we have also a home study course, and it comes in two forms. One is the hard copy course, and you do it by yourself. Uh, We ship it to you. There are things for the birth partner to learn and do, and they get their own hypnosis track as well to stay nice and relaxed and calm about pregnancy and birthing. Um, So if the birth partner wants to be involved, they can be, but they don't have to be because it's designed so that everybody can do it on their own. So there's that. We could ship it to you or you can do our online HypnoBabies home study course. And that is just done as a regular online course accessed online. Okay, wonderful. So you don't necessarily have to have a partner. You can do it alone? No. Yes, you can do it by yourself. And many people have. We have single parents, but we also have people who do have a partner, but that partner does not want to be involved in the birth preparation. Mm -hmm. And so everything is set up so that uh, every student can do it on their own. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like with hypnobabies, it takes a little bit of the fear out of the equation. But let's talk about how do fear and expectation affect the experience of childbirth? Oh, my gosh, what a great question. So so let's start with fear. 
Whenever we have fear as humans, we are usually filled with chemicals almost immediately if fear happens. Adrenaline and cortisol sometimes. And these things allow us to either ha have the fight or flight syndrome. Um, so it's either we have a lot of energy to deal with something or run away. And that's just built into our systems as humans. Well, in birthing, that's not so good because the chemicals that can be produced from fear in pregnancy and childbirth can constrict the muscles and cause us to be super tense and cause other chemicals to be uh, produced as well that are not good for mother or baby. The baby is actually bathed in stress hormones. Mm -hmm. And then the mother, you know, when she stays in a state of stress, she can, her body is tense, her muscles are tense, her uterus is tense. And these are not all good things in pregnancy and definitely not in childbirth. So we have a fear clearing session that is built into hypnobabies and uh, our birthing pregnant people, they listen to it once a week from week six on and anytime that they want to as well after that and anytime they want to during their pregnancy or during their childbirth experience, excuse me. Uh, we do advise them to listen to it at least once in early birthing, which is what we call labor. And mm -hmm. uh, then anytime they want to after that, and that helps stop that constriction and allow the blood vessels to flow freely, the muscles to relax, the uterus to work very, you know, efficiently. So we like to eliminate fear during pregnancy and birthing. And then as far as expectation goes, most people don't realize this, but what you expect is what your subconscious mind, that five-year-old child, thinks you want. So if, say, we are focused on one thing, fearfully even, then that's what the subconscious mind is going to try to create for us emotionally, physically, mentally, because that's what it thinks we want. Right. So for instance, here's a for instance in everyday life. If you were, if your goal in life was to buy a fancy car, say a Cadillac, you would not go out and research and prepare for buying a VW bug because it would get you nowhere near your goal. And so that's the same thing with childbirth. You can't sit around saying, I really don't want an epidural. I really don't want a cesarean section. Or I, above all, I don't want an episiotomy. And that's all you can think of and focus on because that's what your subconscious mind thinks you want. It jumps over the word don't because it does not process negatives in the same way. And all it hears is want a fill in the blank. I, I want a fill in the blank. So we teach our students, and everybody should do this, to focus on what it is that you do want, put all of your energy into that, prepare for that, and then your subconscious mind will start creating the kind of hormones you need, the kind of physical processes, the relaxation. It will help you to plan more positively and carry out your plans. Um, mentally, you will be in a better state of mind, which helps keep the fear away. So it's one big cycle, fear and expectation. I'm so happy you shared that with the listeners. I, I hope they took note of that because it's so important. And I can tell you from personal experience, 
that I knew that I didn't have to have an episiotomy. I, you know, I studied and I watched and I researched and I knew there were ways of doing childbirth where you didn't necessarily have to do that. And I did not want one. And I focused on it and that's what I got. So there you go. Well, <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> say if a person has had an episiotomy before and had a difficult time healing from it, such as myself, what we suggest is that you focus a lot of time and energy on imagining the birthing going exactly the way you want with no episiotomy. So your tissues stretching really well and nicely, your preparation, some people prepare down there. Um, with Kegel exercises. Some people do perineal massage. Um, some people have warm compresses while they're, you know, pushing their baby out. Uh, they sit mm-hmm. on hot towels on a birth ball, just different things during the preparation process. So really focus on imagining what it is that it will be that is the way you want it to be to avoid that episiotomy. And then your mind will start creating that sort of thing for you. What a great piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you also tell us what uh, Eyes Open Childbirth Hypnosis is all about? I certainly will. It is one of the things in hypno babies that I love the most. And that is because when I was teaching a different form of hypnobirthing, our students, they had to, in their births, They had to stay in one place. They had to either sit in a chair or lay down. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to do this is doing regular hypnobirthing and don't send me emails because it's a a (laughs) fine program. All those hypnobirthing programs are fine. It's just that what I was noticing for my own students was that they had to stay more still in order for any hypnosis to work. And what Gerald Kine built into his painless childbirth program was eyes open childbirth hypnosis. And that means that during the, what we call birthing waves or, you know, in contractions, everybody else would call them contractions. You relax as much as possible. You can be standing, but you're in a state of hypnosis. You can be sitting, you can be lying down, you can be sitting on a birth ball, whatever it is you want. When the the contraction is over and you want to move around, you stay just as deeply in hypnosis when you're moving around. With your eyes open, you drink, you talk, you go to the bathroom, but you're still just as deeply in hypnosis. And it helps them so much. It makes all the difference in the world in staying more comfortable. Nice. Okay. Also, what stage of pregnancy can or should expectant mothers uh, start with your program? Well, we suggest that people start between 28 and 30 weeks pregnant, and then you have six weeks of learning the program. And after that, however many weeks are left, you do what's called maintenance. And that means you listen to one main hypnosis track a day, and those rotate in a schedule. So it would be one main track a day and a different one every day until the baby comes. And that keeps all of the different techniques, hypnotic suggestions, the the cues that we have taught you, um, that you've been retrained with. It keeps them flowing across the subconscious and it it keeps accepting them, each one, all of them together. And uh, one of the 
tracks for the week is your fear clearing track. So that helps as well. So we do have people, most of our, most of our students do start at 28 to 30 weeks, but we do have people who would like to start earlier. They can start earlier. That's fine. However, they need to know that they will be learning the, the course in six weeks. And then however many weeks are after that is there's hypnosis every single day to do. And so some people don't really want to start at, say, you know, 16 weeks and have all that time left. But if you start mm-hmm. at 28 to 30 weeks, then it's it's very, very doable. So you're basically working in the last two to two and a half months of your pregnancy. And every single day is an opportunity for you to stay more positive with the affirmations. And of course, um, have that retraining coming from the inside out with the hypnosis tracks. And that makes for a, an easier pregnancy, a more calm pregnancy, a more relaxed pregnancy, a more positive pregnancy. And, and our students really love that. It's a gift they're giving themselves. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that leads me to ask you if there's a correlation between a difficult pregnancy, so somebody that maybe is not partaking in this program and they're having a really difficult pre- uh, labor and that's tied to postpartum depression. Is there a link there? Well, birth trauma is real. So if I'm understanding you, birth trauma does lead to a lot of difficulties. So if you have a complicated pregnancy, for one, and you're worried the whole time, but especially if you've had a a complicated or difficult birthing, then afterwards Mm -hmm. there can be postpartum depression, there can be PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, I really feel for these people. I went through it and it was quite awful. And so I would suggest that everybody really, um, and it's why in addition to Hypno Babies, we put more information into class number six about the postpartum period, about the birthing experience and how, you know, it could relate to the postpartum experience and, and get help. People need to get help. And if they cannot recognize that they need help, then their birth partner needs to recognize that they need help and get them help. Okay, wonderful. That's great to know. So um, regarding the tracks, are they very lengthy? Do you have to carve out a lot of time to listen to the tracks on a daily basis? The main hypnosis track is anywhere between, I would say, 30 and 38 minutes long. So you have to have enough time to sit down sometime during the day and just relax deeply, eyes closed. This, these can cannot be listened to while jogging or showering, getting ready for work, that sort of thing. You have to be completely relaxed so that the mind can accept the messages with a relaxed body. We do tell our students that if you do not have any other time to listen to your main hypnosis tracks, put them on when you go to sleep because Mm. it's called sleep training and it will be just as beneficial. Yes. Then there is the affirmations. I believe the track is about 40 minutes long, but you can listen to it at any time of day, doing anything you want. You can break it up into 10-minute segments, listen to a little bit while you're driving, a little bit while you're cooking, a little bit while you're playing with your other children, and they start reciting the affirmations back to you. So yeah, that one's easy. And then there's a, a shorter track 
that's anywhere between 12 and 13 minutes long. It's just called uh, finger drop practice. And the finger drop is the main hypnosis cue. So you put that on before you get uh, out of bed in the morning and you just listen to that really quick. And it basically uh, reinforces that main cue that when you raise and lower your finger, it's, it's a physical cue. So you raise and lower your finger and then you drop into hypnosis and go deeper, deeper, deeper. And uh, each week we add a tiny bit to each of the tracks. So you, at the end, you're listening to all of the cues and all of the techniques at once. So even if you missed a main track for the day, but you listen to that shorter track, you're okay. So we want to we want to be able to help people to get their practice in. Wonderful. I think that sounds very doable. It's not very lengthy. It sounds like a wonderful, I would call it a meditation time. And that's what I would, you know, liken it to. Um, that's how I practice my meditations. Meditation, it, it's funny because people think that it's meditation. And it is in a way. However, it goes much deeper than that because you're going into what's called a somnambulistic state of hypnosis in Mm-hmm. In, in our hypnobabies tracks where meditation for a lot of people, uh, you're sitting upright, your body is not fully supported, and you are concentrating on either clearing your mind or, or, or using a mantra or a message to yourself for a while to just become calm and peaceful. And in hypnosis, we're going down to a somnambulistic state, which creates um, theta brainwaves. So they're very, very slow. The brain waves are slowed way down. That's how we can access the subconscious. And then we're going in with specific hypnotic suggestions or directives. So it is different from meditation, but it's the feeling is similar. Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my goodness. So much good information here. And it sounds like you can go through the birthing process. You don't necessarily have to have a doula. As long as you have your tracks and you've been practicing, then you're pretty much prepared to go into a non-medicated hypnobirth. Yes. I mean, people need to realize that there is more to doing hypnobabies than a regular or other birth classes, birth preparation mm-hmm. classes. And there's, a, there's, for instance, if you did our home study course, there would be about 15 minutes worth of reading every single day. And then the hypnosis practice itself. These things, if done correctly, and then if they use the techniques, which all they need to do is their post-hypnotic techniques. So during your birthing, you just say or use the cues and then they activate and not everyone can have a pain-free birth. Most people will have a very, very manageable birth, much more manageable than if they did not do hypnobabies and were, you know, wanting no medication. So we do have a lot of, we do have a lot of people reporting that they had pain-free births or, or close to it. But I, I want everybody to understand that that is not the case with everybody. But our goal at Hypnobabies is to have the best birthing you can have. So learn, practice, and use Hypnobabies as directed, and you'll have a much better opportunity. Wonderful. And if people are interested, they can find you online and they can do the classes online. Is that correct? Yes. Um, okay. We, our, our website is hypnobabies.com if they basically just want 
to learn about hypnobabies itself, and there's quite a lot of information on there. But on, on our store, it's hypnobabies-store.com, and that's where you will find the self-study classes. Okay. That is on the store for hypnobabies. Yes. Can you give that link one more time, please? It's hypnobabies, and that's H-Y-P-N-O-B-A-B-I-E-S-Store.com. Thank you so much. And do you offer any other services other than hypnobabies at this time? Well, we do have tracks for other things. We have individual <laughs> tracks of all kinds on our website or rather on our store. And that is because people have requested them. So for instance, we have a breastfeeding success track. We have a eliminate nausea track. We have a peaceful sleep now. Two versions. One is for the whole family and one is specifically for pregnant people so that we can use the sensations of the baby movements as deepening relaxation and, and sleep cues. Um, we have one that is fear of needles. We have a stop smoking program, weight loss program, a stress and anxiety track, um, one for focus and concentration, uh, one just for deep relaxation for people who find it hard to turn their body and mind off at the same time. There are several more, but uh, yeah, we, we want to help people as much as possible before, during, and after they have their baby and also their friends and relatives. Ah, oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, I want to check out your store. I'm excited about that. Yeah, and we have a, a coupon, Hypno1528, that allows anybody to get 10% off of anything they want in the store. Okay, perfect. And that was Hypno1528. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Carrie, for being on the show today. I mean, this program sounds amazing. I know. I personally would have had a hypno baby had this program been around during the time of my birth. Me too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear this episode. I just think that this is just going to be a game changer in childbirth. We've got to get the message out, folks. Aww, thank you, Gretchen. Thanks for having me. If you're looking for more information on hypnobabies, you can find it in the show notes. And you can visit them at hypnobabies.com or the store hypnobabies-store.com. If you're looking to connect with me, the host, Gretchen Smith, you can reach me at GretchenSmithCoaching at gmail.com or tune into my social media account on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching. Hey, did you know you can share a podcast? Yes, you can share. If you found this informative and you want to share it with somebody that you know that is expecting, hit the share button. Again, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Namaste. Namaste.